Welcome to Spielin' and Dealin', the Georgia High School Basketball Podcast. I am Kyle Sandy, the owner and founder of SandySpiel.com. And with me today, as always, is the producer and moderator of the podcast, Ramin Forgani. Ramin, how are you doing today, sir? We have one round in the books of the state tournament for the GHSA. How are you feeling about it, Ramin? I'm feeling good. We're going to break it down for you in the next 40, 45, however long minutes this takes. But um, the Sweet 16's coming up on Wednesday and Thursday. It's tournament time, Kyle. Yes, and it is here. And not too many crazy huge upsets, but a couple fours beat a couple ones on the on the boys. And I'm not too sure about the girls' brackets, but there might have been one or two. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to have to dive right into it. But before we do that, we would like to thank our sponsors, and that would be Sportal Space. We'd like to thank our Spielin' and Dealin' podcast sponsor, Sportal Space. Sportal Space helps teams find gyms and fields for practice or training and makes booking a gym as easy as finding a restaurant on Open Table or a hotel on Expedia. Check out Sportal Space every practice, every game. And now on to the podcast, Kyle. We will start at the top, Class 7A on the boys' side. We're looking at it. We have some of the Sweet 16 matchups that we talked about in the preview podcast on the top left bracket. Duluth, Norcross, Westlake, McEachern. You broke that down a bit earlier, but let's move down to the bottom left bracket. There we have Mountain View taking on Newton and Wheeler taking on Etowah. Yeah, those are some interesting matchups. Uh, if you've been following the podcast, you would know that we've talked about this Newton and Mountain View uh, potential meetup. Uh, that's uh, a game that we've seen at the Gwinnett Metro Atlanta Challenge. Mountain View actually beat Newton 66-65. And uh, I think Newton's only lost one game since then to Trinity, Kentucky. So that's the last team in Georgia to beat the 25-3 and Newton Rams. That's going to be a very guard-heavy game. Obviously, Ashton Hagens going to Georgia maybe next year, question mark. We'll see. Uh, but he is the man running the show over there. Tyrese Brown, a great three-point shooter. Armani Harris with some size inside along with Dre Butler and giving them a great toughness down low on the low block, which they kind of missed last year. So – uh, some talent there with Newton and Milton, or uh, not Milton, but Mountain View. A lot of guard plus Spencer Rogers, a big time three point shooter. Uh, going to Troy, I would like to see him diversify his game a little bit more. I think he's probably improved, but at the end of the day, his bread his but <laughs> his bread is buttered at the three point line. So Mountain View, Miles Long, uh, Kevin Kyongo. Uh, Naheem Alenye came on in and he has uh, given them a big boost but Mountain View definitely doing a lot of their outside scoring uh, with their guards so that should be a very entertaining matchup and Etowah versus Wheeler you mentioned it uh, Etowah do they have the bigs to slow down EJ Montgomery you know we're going to run the offense through them Larry Thompson has really helped EJ uh, find his low post game instead of floating around the perimeter like so many big men do, tend to do at the high school level E.J. Montgomery has dominated in double-double fashion all season long for Wheeler. Edwell has Julian Baldwin. They can throw him at them. He's about 6'7". Carter Ingersoll's about 6'5", 6'6". So they got some big bodies. Edwell's a team that uh, relies on their defense, and Jackson Edder and Adrian Cohen going to, to school them to score the ball outside. So that should be a, actually a pretty fun matchup. And I want to swing it up to another Town Lake team. Town Lake is going to be rocking this week because Woodstock – Upset Kennesaw Mountain 73-67. Kennesaw Mountain uh, had some changes to the roster, so that uh, kind of 
shuffled things around and gave Woodstock a little bit better of an opportunity to beat them. They beat them 73-67 in a crazy game. I heard it was fouls everywhere, bad referees. Shocker, let's talk about GAC and East Jackson later when the referees were assigned by the GHSA an hour late. So that was a, a nightmare. So heard all these horror stories about bad referees. But Woodstock won that one, and now they will see – not Tift County, but Campbell, that number four team out of Region 2. Campbell went on the road to Tift County. They were down about eight or ten points, and they surged past them 72-64. to 64. Kaya Randolph, 26 points, 10 rebounds, had 15 points in the fourth quarter. Brandon Durain inside a, a big fella, 17 points, 11 rebounds. Terrell Burden, 13 points, eight assists, three steals, and Donovan Grant adds 13-6. and six. Uh, so they, they were able to hold off Tiff County. Monte Terrell finished his career with 23 points. Rashad Bateman, the Minnesota receiver, with 16. So a big win for Campbell, and they are going to be at Woodstock. Woodstock won their first game ever in state playoffs history at uh, at Town Lake over there. Now they're hosting their first ever playoff game, so that should be a fun one over there in Town Lake. Two good games to really check out. Etowah versus Wheeler and Woodstock hosting Campbell. Quickly, we're looking at the bottom right quadrant. Nothing too crazy happened there. But I want to swing it back before we leave 7A. Between Duluth, Norcross, and Westlake McKeesha, I know we've previewed them, but did anything happen in round one that would make you change your predictions in that top left quadrant, Kyle? Uh, it was good to see Duluth clicking on all cylinders. They, they took it to West Versailles. Now, Duluth, they're... They're going to be not easy. Norcross is going to have to play very well. Duluth, they don't have the best size inside, but William Huzzy, a 6'5", great athlete, can play above the rim. He's a football player. Adam Flagler, uh, he can get hot from deep. He can knock down five threes. And if you got a, a, a team that is predicated on knocking down those three-point shots and you got some shooters like Adam Flagler, Lamont Smith, a very good guard as well, running the show – they got some. Uh, they got some guys that could scare Norcross. Norcross is going to have to close out very well at the three-point line, but Norcross does have Brandon Boston, JoJo Toppin, Kyle Sturman has been Mr. Clutch. He has, you know, improved so much his junior year. He's been great. Uh, it's going to be a war, but I think Norcross still does have a, a little bit more gas in the tank than Duluth. But uh, man, I wouldn't be surprised to see this be a one-score game heading late into the final quarter there. And one other game I want to touch on real quick, probably a game that I'll be at because it is a nice Wednesday night or not a Thursday night, so a nice Wednesday night where most of the girls' games are being played. Meadow Creek at Lambert. Now, these two teams, they met last year, and I believe it was Lambert ended their season. So Meadow Creek is going to want to come out hungry and uh, try and uh, take care of their business after last year's loss, I think, uh, oh, man, who was that, that That great guard at Lambert ended their season? It was 72-70 to 70 last year, and that was the first round of the state playoffs. And, and, you know, Meadow Creek, they were dealing with injuries all season long last year, but luckily for them this year, they have not had to deal with that. Um, so we'll see. They're going to have something to prove. It was Andrew Melms who hit that game winner in the lane, if I'm not mistaken, last year. But Meadow Creek, we've talked about the size. That's a team that – they're a pretty good, you know, they got a lot of pieces over there. Uh, a pretty good team to make a deep run in the state tournament. But Lambert, they clicked on all cylinders, 85-61 to 61 against a great, well-coached team over there at Mill Creek. Lambert has a lot of guards. they got Colin Granger inside, who's 6'7", 6'8". He's going to have to battle with 
Um, Amari Kelly and Corey Hightower, but that should be a very interesting game, and uh, I'm very excited to go over there and take a good look at Lambert because Lambert, they got that guard, Mitch Ganote. Uh, he has been, what, posted a triple-double in their first-round game? Almost had a quadruple-double. I think it was like three steals or something like that away from a quadruple-double. He's been putting up big, big stat lines. Uh, Ganote or Ganote, I apologize if I'm mispronouncing that, but he's a guard to really keep an eye on heading into his senior season next year. We'll swing it down to 6A, Kyle. We're looking at the left side of the bracket there. A Coast team that you were very high on, Bradwell, at the uh, third team out of Region 2. They beat Valdosta down south, the number two team from Region 1. And then Lakeside Evans, as the four seed, they topped Stevenson 65-63 to in a close one. Yeah, I mean, Stevenson, that that is a, a pretty interesting loss, and... I think I mentioned it last year that Region 4, it's not the region that it was, or the, at least those teams were maybe three or four years ago when Jonesboro was winning state titles and, you know, all these, Tucker was a powerhouse. I mean, Tucker lost in the first round to Grovetown, 64 52. That Region 4 did not do too good. Tucker loses 52 to 64 to Region 3. Uh, what else do we see? Heritage Conyers, the number one team out of Region 3, beats Drew 69 64. We see Stevenson lose 65 63 to Lakeside. Jonesboro's the only one that held up their end of the bargain, 62 35. They beat Evans. Newsflash Region 3 is not good. And that's pretty freaking scary if you're Region 4, that only one team got got out of that. I mean, that's a bad region, and that, that, that shows you. Region 4, or at least those programs, have taken a slight step back. Jonesboro is still pretty good, but that's just, that's just crazy to me that Stevenson lost that game. I mean, Lakeside, this – I mean, Deion Berrien graduating last year, I thought they were going to take a step back this year, and they did, and they slipped all the way to the 4 seed, which is – not great. Not great in that region. Kalen Williams is a, a, a high-volume shooter. He scores a ton of points. He's very fortunate that Tayshawn Briscoe is there because he's another little guard. He's about 5'9", but he is a great three-point shooter. You got Brad Hill. He can knock down some threes. Tucker Gilbert has some size, and he can rebound inside. Um, but I'm just – that's just after beating Jonesboro and losing to Lakeside Evans – not not good for Stevenson. And now Lakeside Evans, ride the wave, baby. You're in the second round. You're playing Richmond Hill, who beat Lee County by one point. Richmond Hill. I mean, I think Richmond Hill would be favored in this game, but I wouldn't be jaw-dropped and just stunned if Lakeside beat him. Maybe, you know, if they don't have a great game plan and they let K- Kalen Williams do what he does and just create and score and shoot and hit threes and just score at will – Lakeside could sneak their way to the Elite Eight as a four seed. Uh, so, that I mean, that that is just a, a crazy outcome right there. And you mentioned Bradwell Institute. Um, very nice win for them by 17 points against Valdosta. Now they'll see Heritage Conyers. And Heritage has been better than expected. Uh, that's for sure. They graduated so many talented players. Jordan Thomas, uh, who's been having a major impact at GCSU. Uh, just a, a, a ton of guys. Uh, we had uh, Mr. Isaiah Banks broke the backboard with that slam dunk last year. They lost a lot, uh, but they ended up winning that region, played played great, but the region was way down this year, and they're going to have a really nice test with Bradwell Institute. I think that could be a very good game. So we'll see. I think Vernon Denmark's done a great job coaching this year, great job coaching this year with uh, a little bit less talent than last year, but 
uh, cohesiveness and team-wise, I think they're playing at a very high clip. Kyle, I want to look at the right side of 6A. Um, we're going to discuss, you know, Region 7. I know you have something to say about Cambridge's loss to Linear. They didn't fare too well. Also, North Atlanta, they beat Appalachia. They were the only team to get out of 7A. But what I really want to look at, Tri-City is the number four team out of Region 5. You were high on them. They were ranked for a good majority of the year. They beat South Cop, the number one team out of Region 6, and they're going to be facing off against Acula in the Sweet 16. Yeah, that's a, a tough, interesting, another good, tough, interesting matchup. Tri-Cities is usually uh, they hang their hat on the defensive end side of things. Uh, Eli Lawrence has been a breakthrough lefty guard, the senior, 6'4", probably, I don't know who's unsigned right now at the top of my head, but I would say uh, pretty comfortably I think he'd be a top five unsigned senior guard in Georgia maybe. Uh, so he's really good. Demarcus Johnson can score the rock. John Young has helped out a ton as well. Dekula, they blew the blew the doors off old Alpharetta. They hit what was it, like thirteen threes, and Alpharetta was in foul trouble, and it just all snowballed into a thirty-seven point game. And that was without Quincy Adam McCoy, their six-six uh, forward that moved in from Chicago. He was suspended after getting ejected uh, with the uh, double technical referee, all that jazz. So that was a, a, a big-time win for them. Mikhail Bethea, who I think the r- offense needs to run through him. They need to let him uh, create a little bit more, let him take a little bit more uh, more of the shots. I think he's a little bit trying to be uh, passive and get everybody else involved, but I like it uh, when he is very aggressive. I think he had 29 points. Brendan Tucker had about 20 points. So they were clicking, and you just saw how dangerous Takula can be uh, when they're scoring the ball, and the defense uh, held up their end of the bargain. Uh, against Alpharetta, a little bit tested more, more so against Tri-Cities. But uh, that's a, a very intriguing game, and we'll see how Quincy fits back in now that he is uh, no longer um, suspended. Uh, and, uh, yeah, you, want, <laughs> you wanted to mention Region 7, you know, and North Atlanta, they did a very nice job. They, they beat Appalachia, and they had Douglas County in the second round. And I think that's going to be a game that's closer than the experts think because North Atlanta is going to have Douglas County at home, and North Atlanta is going to have the best guard on the court with Messiah Thompson. Uh, he's the real deal. He's small. He's maybe 5'9", 5'10", but he's the real deal at point guard. And he, he runs the show extremely well for the Warriors. So Douglas County, they're not just going to have to, you know, they can't just waltz in there and think they're going to, blow the doors off. It's going to be an interesting game with Masai because he, he plays with a ton of heart. He is a, a chippy competitor. And uh, with everything on the line, expect North Atlanta to bring it. But as you mentioned, Cambridge, I told you, I, we said it on here, it, it's the same old song and dance. They're the exact same team that Alpharetta was last year. They're rolling and rolling and rolling. Then they lose like three of their last four games. And all of a sudden, your season ends with a, a sparkling record. Same thing here. Cambridge, 24-3. and three. They lose in the first round. Their season ends with two straight losses after they won, what, like 23 in a row or something crazy like that. So it's just, you know, Cambridge was a nice team. They had a great, a great, great year, but you, you don't, you're not able to take care of your business in the region championship. And one bad game leads to a really tough draw against Lanier. Uh, Adrian Martin had 33 points. Alex Walker has been very good this year. I, I, I saw that being a tough matchup for him. And, um, that's that's how the cookie crumbles. Seventy-four to sixty-nine. Cambridge three losses all year long, and two of them come back to back, and their season's over. But Chip Flemmer and the crew had a a great a great season. But that is why I couldn't really raise them any higher than maybe eighth or ninth in the rankings. You got to trust the Sandy Spiel poll sometimes, and um, a good team. But 
outside of Region 7. We saw it last year with Alpharetta. It's, it's a whole lot scarier outside of Region 7. We'll take it down to Class 5A, Kyle. Looking through the brackets, looking at the seeds, not a lot happened in 5A. Pretty expected. Any matchups you're looking forward to this week? There's a couple pretty interesting ones. I want to say we hit on the Flowery Branch sleep and beat Villarica, and you know we we talked about that. There's no reason to harp on it, Villarica. You got to play better teams. You're just not prepared for the state tournament. But a very close game, Flowery Branch, 45-44 advance over Villarica. There's some interesting matchups here. I mean, obviously the first one that pops out, you want prestigious programs with that playoff pedigree, Buford and Miller Grove in the second round. Uh, my goodness, that's that's going to be uh, uh, a very uh, talented, a lot of next-level players playing in that one. So that'll be a good one. Uh, Eagles Landing versus Warner Robins, another uh, very interesting one. Brandon Thomas going to Mercer, leading Eagles Landing. They got some, uh, some good guards, C.J. Hood, some other guys around him. Uh, a, a good team that we were a little bit higher on last year when they had – Muhammad uh, Abubakar inside, and they, you know, had a good season. Never put it all together, and this year they've been kind of flying under the radar. A good team, a good team, but they did slip to number three in Region Four, and now they see Region One, uh, number one Warner Robins, who we got number two in the state, and you know that's a tough matchup. But they're going to have to go all the way to Warner Robins, so we'll see. It's not a, a horrible drive, but we'll see. It's an interesting matchup there. But one, you know, you got to give credit to Maynard Jackson. They did beat Columbia 57-49. It's, it should be business. One game at a time, one game at a time. The main goal is a state championship, not to prove me wrong. But they're going to have their hands full. Clark Central's a really good team. Clark Central scores a lot of points. Uh, they got a big guy inside. Uh, they got some guard play around them as well. They've pushed Buford to the limit many times. Clark Central and Maynard Jackson, if you're in the Atlanta area, that's a really good game to go check out. So, uh, that's a fun one there. In Stockbridge, they're going to have to travel to New Hampstead. I'm always worried about travel. Uh, we'll see how that one turns out. New Hampstead, uh, they're always a, a, a plucky bunch down there. But I believe it's Coach Tanya Mackey coaching them up. You know, got a female coach, and she knows her X's and O's. She does a great job down there. So that's one to, if you want to say upset alert, maybe. I hope not because I picked Stockbridge to go to the Final Four. But New Hampstead, a good program down there in the Savannah area. You started talking faster there, Kyle, trying to wrap that one up. We'll take it down to 4A, top left, nothing weird. Bottom left, Troop beat Northwest Whitfield, St. Pius, of course, holding on. And then Carver-Columbus over Mary Persons. That's a game we previewed, and Carver-Columbus handled their business by 18, it looks, 17, it looks like. Yeah, I mean, Mary Persons was without Cam Holden, a Class 4A Player of the Year candidate. He was everything for Mary Persons, and with him breaking his hand, you know, that they they were going to have their hands full, no pun intended, with Carver Columbus anyway and Mary Persons not a great defensive team and they they got they took it on the chin against Carver Columbus which sets up an interesting matchup with Woodward Academy with the, that big front line Walker Kessler is going to be a handful so that that's another really good fun game. If you're in the Atlanta area College Park Go see these teams that you don't quite get to see play. That's what I love about playoff basketball, and it makes it hard for me to pick which which games I want to watch. Is it I want to watch this team from this local region versus this team from the other local region because they're both good teams and we never get to see them play, or do I want to go and see 
maybe not the sexiest game, but a team that's coming from, you know, very far, uh, two, three hours away, you're never going to see a Carver-Columbus around here again or a, you know, um, Lafayette's a little far away. Westover's definitely far away. That's what I like when they come a little bit closer to me, uh, see play. So that, that, there's a couple good matchups there. Um, America Sumter at Baldwin, I think that's a, the star-studded matchup there. Interesting. I've been high on both of those teams for a, a lot of the season. I really want to see how that one turns out. Baldwin handled Drew at Hill 71 to 45. America Sumter beats Spalding by 33. Uh, I think that's a great matchup. And I'm telling you, Cartersville struggles with teams like Blessed Trinity that slow it down and play good defense, and they're going to be having to come to Blessed Trinity. We saw it against Maris last year. I'm glad Cartersville handled their business. They were a lot better than Heritage Katusa with their dynamic guards. They beat them by 38 points. But Blessed Trinity, we'll see. It's going to be tough. It's going to be an X's and O's game. Uh, Cartersville has more talent than Blessed Trinity. But you never know. Home court advantage could uh, rule supreme, and they're coming to uh, that Roswell area. So we'll see how that one turns out. But, yeah, some fun games. And before I forget, Lafayette, who called it? LaGrange, I told you, Lafayette, good team, 75-58 over LaGrange. Now they set up for Jefferson. I mean, I was talking to someone. I said, if you're the Jefferson head coach and you're uh, Hank Peppers over there at Lafayette, you, both of those coaches should feel pretty good about their draws in the second round. You're not facing the ups and lee yet. But uh, Lafayette, good ball club playing Jefferson. I have to favor Lafayette a little bit more again in the second round, and we'll see what happens. So some fun stuff happening, seeing some teams that you don't necessarily always see advance, advancing into the Sweet 16 and maybe even the Elite 8. That's what – State playoff basketball is all about, Ramin. Got to love it. That's one that I was about to bring out. Uh, if you didn't get to it before I did, Kyle, I know Wes McCart on Twitter had a little feud going with Lafayette folks, and he was on the podcast and boys preview talking about it. He says they're not going to get out of the second round, so I guess he has Jefferson in the second round, but you were right now. We'll see if you're right again. Let's move it down to 3A, and looking at the 3A bracket, Kyle, what do you see? Well... GAC versus Pace Academy, two affluent schools right there going at it, I would say. Uh, that'll be an interesting one. Uh, Pace Academy, they could always flip the switch. You never know. I just really question their guard play. They're super young, and Isaiah Kelly, he can disappear or he could be a beast. It, you just never know what you're going to get with Isaiah Kelly. And GAC has Chris Hinton inside. That's a big body that could you know, somewhat hinder what Kelly does around the rim, but Cole Middleton, a freshman, really good, really good, really built, big guy, 6'5 for Pace Academy. I think he's had a really great uh, debut season for him, but I think GAC with Hunter McIntosh and uh, Ben Shepard and all these guys, Roy Dixon, great backcourt, and they've been good all season long. And, yes, the referees came an hour late to the East Jackson game, so just not not good, not good scheduling there. Um, but other than that, we saw Long County beat Doherty by 86-85. Now they set up with Central Macon. Uh, everything else kind of looks like it went shock for the most part. We got Dawson County makes the rest of the bracket for you. Everything else went chalk except for the bottom right. Two fours mm-hmm. beating ones there. Redan beat Calhoun and Crisp County beat Tattnall County. That's right. Yeah, Redan with that. Uh, Javian Flowers, I think his name is, a great freshman point guard, led to cab in scoring this year. Uh, they beat Calhoun by four. Westside survived a scare from Islands. Now they see Crisp County and Hart County. They handled their business by 15 over East Hall. So that, that sleeper final four pick, they're still rolling. We'll see what they do against Redan. 
down to 2A boys. Again, as we're going down, less and less upsets, although there is one that's popping out. It's going to be Vidalia, who topped early counting. That's not the one I want to talk about. Kyle got a bit distracted because Monticello beat Chituga. Oh, boy. I was in the house. I was in the house. Went to Somerville, Georgia. I did not necessarily, one of my new favorite words, know that it was actually in the mountain. So I was crawling up a mountain to get there. Only about an hour or 15 away from Canton, Georgia, so not too bad. But, yeah, it was a low-scoring game. Uh, Chatuga jumped on him 8-2 to start, and then you know Ashton Bonner heated up in that, that, that second second quarter and got him going. And Jay Fleetwood was the guy that came out of nowhere and provided the early scoring and the, the scoring that uh, Monticello needed when they were struggling at first kind of low-scoring game. But he was the one that got them going. Uh, for Monticello and had a great game for him. He uh, he was very impressive. He finished with let's see here, 14 points. Ashton Bonner finished with 15 points. He's you know so explosive, but he is five seven, five eight. Struggled at the rim a, rim a little bit, uh, but yeah, 49, 44. Chatuga had a shot there at the end, but uh, the Ivion Lawrence had a dagger three with about a minute left to make it 44, 39. Um, but I was impressed. I mean, Chatuga, all those guys are coming back. They play really hard. Not, no size. You know, tallest guy's about 6'2". Uh, Jamarius Mosteller had 16 points. Uh, a nice-looking guard. Nook Nook Adams, one of their, their big-time scorers. He's only about 5'5". Five, five. He had eight points, but had some nice passes here and there. And Devin Price and Malachi Mack, good athletes, play bigger than about their 6'1", six, 6'2", six, maybe 6'3", frame. Um, but, yeah, it was it was tough. But Monticello, just a little bit a little bit more talent and just hit that one big shot down the stretch. But it was a pretty evenly matched game, and it was a really fun crowd over there in Somerville. I felt like I was almost there following the Sandy Spiel account. But <laughs> in the rest of 2A, Kyle, except for the Vidalia beating Early County, that's a 3 beating a 2. Everything else goes according to plan. So instead of talking about it, just give me the two games, one on the left side, one on the right side, that you'd want to go to if there were five Kyles. Well... I mean, just because the styles of play are completely different, Banks County hosting South Atlanta, that is a very tough draw for Banks County. That's going to be really tough for them. Uh, but it's going to be fun to see South Atlanta playing in an environment like that. Jalen Stiegel uh, and Dondre Barnes, they've been carrying the load. They had combined for about 47 points or so in their 90-44 to win over Temple. Banks County, Carl Cleveland was in a boot, though. He hurt his ankle, and their leading scorer, Coach's son, averages about 20 points a game. He did not play against Kusa, so that's something to really keep an eye on. Uh, is he going to be healthy and ready to go against South Atlantic? Because they're going to need all the firepower they can get against a, a quick athletic team with great guard play and a winning pedigree, the defending state champion, South Atlanta. And on that right-hand side, you know, Oh, man, there's some fun matchups there, but I'll, I'll cheat and pick two. Dublin versus Thomasville, that is a very good game. Uh, Clarence Jackson's going to have to battle Reggie Perry and Titus Wright inside. Uh, Cameron Paldo, a big-time scorer, the little guy, he's going to have to have a really good game. They're going to have to travel down to Thomasville. And then over in Atlanta, Elbert County and Therrell. Interesting game. Elbert County, unlike uh, Banks County, they do have the athletes they don't have too much size but they, i think they might match up pretty decently with Therrell. so that's a really fun game to go check out if you're in atlanta elbert county versus Therrell, number one in the state Therrell, uh very good team but we'll see what elbert county and don hurlbert have up their sleeves we'll take it down to a public with the power rankings 24 team draw a lot of these or half of these teams who are going to be playing in the sweet 16 did not play a first game 
Other than that, most of the teams that you thought would win one three upsets drew Charger Clint. Drew Charter over Clinch County in the bottom right, and then over in the bottom left, Randolph Clay beat Wilcox County, and Fulton Leadership beat Trutland. Yeah, a couple upsets here. I mean, even Tryon uh, beat Marion County in overtime by 10 points. Um, good win for them. But you're right. I mean, that bottom left-hand side, Randolph Clay, Wilcox County, they were in our top 10 for pretty much all the, all the year there. And I, I would have to say Dariante Gainer probably had a pretty good game. He's a very talented freshman. He's averaging about 15 points a game or so for Randolph Clay. But that is a, a big 64-63 win over Wilcox County. And Fulton leadership going to Soperton, beating Trutland 65-48. And that's a, that's a big thing for a Fulton leadership and a Drew Charter. They play against all these private schools. They're playing like Green Forest. They're playing Elka. They're playing teams like that. Those are really good teams. And when you get to these other public schools, they're not, they're just not really seeing that level of talent. And I don't know if it's just a private bias over public. I tend to think private team, private school teams are a little better than public school teams. Um, but they're battle tested, and you saw with Fulton leadership, sixty-five forty-eight over Trutland. Shout out Yazir Rainwater. Shout out Tyree Bronner, and Drew Charter, sixty-six sixty at Clinch County. It's not easy to travel down south and play these teams. It's a long bus ride. But uh, major props to Fulton leadership and Drew Charter for you know going down south and handling their business. Uh, very impressive from the teams in the Atlanta-ish area. A private, you said it could be as open as we saw it. Of course, half the team still didn't play. And the teams are making the GHSA power rankings look good. They look really good if it wasn't for W.D. Muhammad, the 14th ranked team, losing to Brookstone, the number 19 team, and the only upset in a private. Yeah, everything. That was a pretty chalk one. I like some of these matchups, though. I mean, we've, we've been saying it all year long. You just said it. It's pretty wide open, and now we'll see. I mean, the spotlight's on. It's winner go home. Lakeview versus Holy Innocence. Um, I love what Cottrell does over there. Big-time X and O's coach. Uh, he's Todd Cottrell. They got some talent. Drew Cottrell, Adam Cottrell. We got the shooters, the sons there. I like, I like Lakeview. That's going to be a tough matchup. Holy Innocence, that'll be a, a very close game, I think. Mount Vernon Presbyterian has some size to try and slow down Christian Koneman and uh, Sam Dindoff are shooting those threes for Christian Heritage. Another good game. Uh, I mean, St. Francis, I like them to advance past Walker. Green Force for Stratford, another interesting. Stratford doesn't see too much. Uh, they've got beat by Wilkinson down the stretch and Aquinas, so we'll see how that all plays out. Wesleyan versus Elka. Elka's the favorite in this one, but you never know. But, yeah, you're right. Pretty much everything went according to plan outside of Brookstone, and we'll see what Brookstone does. Prince Avenue, they came from a weak region, and Prince Avenue hasn't really played too many teams, and who knows? I mean, Brookstone from Columbus, they beat W.D. Muhammad, who had some good wins throughout the year. Brookstone... Uh, keep an eye on them as a number 19 seed. Um, it could be a, a scare for Prince Avenue. Prince Avenue will have to play well to get past Brookstone. Without a pause, we'll flip it over to the girls' side. We promised you we'd try to keep it short, and we'll do boys and girls combined. So, Kyle, instead of going through the whole bracket, I'm just going to ask you the one game that you want to recap and the one game that you want to preview for each bracket. 7A girls, Kyle. Boy, wasn't it this North Forsyth Mountain View game? Wasn't it like a twenty-six to one run in the fourth quarter to turn like a one-point game into a fifty-one twenty-five route of Mountain View? And it I said that indeed. was going to be a pretty close game. Yeah, that was a pretty close game. I thought it was right for the most part, except for the last eight minutes. My 
goodness gracious, just tells you how quickly the Lady Raiders can turn it on. So that's the one game I want to recap. But there's some good games, you know. Um, the one I'm looking at just, uh, you know, ranking-wise, South Gwinnett versus Collins Hill is a pretty good game. Uh, South Gwinnett's been in that top ten for most of the season, and they've get, gotten beat uh, by Newton maybe two or three times. They can't get over that hump, but they're going to be able to compete with Collins Hill. I still like Collins Hill by 15, maybe a little bit more than that, but South Gwinnett's a very good team, so Collins Hill's going to have to play well to get past them. Down to six, so a somewhat ironic twist. Stevenson couldn't take care of it on the boys' side, but they do on the girls' side. But nevertheless, Kyle, your one game you want to recap and the one game you want to preview. Oh boy, uh, let's take a gander here. Um, you know that's a that's a good place to start. That that Stevenson game. I think we did say that that was a team that I I think I picked to advance past Heritage Conyers for the similar reason. Just region three is just not very good at basketball, um, top to bottom. Just not that super strong. I think let's see that region almost got swept. Greenbrier. Beat MLK's dream season of just eight wins and their Cinderella store. They handled them pretty well. Grovetown gave Tucker a scare, 42 to 37. But yeah, Stevenson, uh, 54 49 over Heritage Connor. Stevenson, Cassidy Broussard, I love their guard play and they play very good defense with, I think they have some twins out there. I, I really like how they, uh, play defense and really try and lock in. And, uh, for a preview, uh, what do we got here? Lanier versus Harrison, but uh, let's go with Creekview and Winder Barrel. Olivia Nelson Odoa, the big girl inside, I think she was held to just six points against Johns Creek. I think Johns Creek was within 10 points in the fourth quarter. And Winder Barrel, they're going to have to play against a tough defensive team in Creekview. Kennedy Cater, a tough nose guard. Josie Johnson inside. Wilkie uh, brings some athleticism. We'll see. They beat Alexander 57 to 40, but Creekview, they're going to, Roger Nolan, he is not afraid to control the tempo and hold the ball and, you know, make Winder Barrow uncomfortable. So that's, uh, that's a good game to keep an eye on. Winder Barrow versus Creekview. Down in 5A, I don't have to repeat the instructions for you. The only upset of, of at all was Woodland beating Stars Mill on the top right side, but Collier two games. Uh, yeah, well, let's see. I think Dutchtown versus Ware County could be interesting. Ware County, they don't see many teams from the metro area, and Dutchtown does have some major size inside. So that, that'll be an interesting test to see if Ware County has seen that, 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 that big front line before. They're going to have to play very well. Um, I think Villarica, Arabia Mountains, a good game too, and Carrollton, Southwest DeKalb, all good ones. Uh, those are the ones that really stand out. I think Harris County and Buford should be okay to advance to the next round. But, yeah, Dutchtown, Ware County, interesting. Carrollton, Southwest Cab, and then Arabia Mountain versus Villarica. All some pretty good games to keep an eye on. We'll keep the wave rolling right into 4 uh, What do we got here? What do we got here? We saw Jefferson get past Chester T, 43-38, which sets up a matchup with Pickens. Brandon Thomas to me. A very nice job over there after leaving Winder Barrow. Back to Pickens. He's got them in the Sweet 16, so he's done a great job. Um, you know, oh, here we go. The, the two games on the bottom right-hand corner are the ones you really want to keep an eye on. Madison County versus Northwest Whitfield, uh, a very good one. We'll have to see if Northwest Whitfield can stay in front of uh, Madison County's young guard over there. Name escapes me. I want to say Maxwell's the last name. And Jordan Bailey, I believe, is their post player inside. 
another good physical player that can score around the rim. Northwest Whitfield, we'll have to see. I, I, I mean, Greg Brown's a great coach. He dials up a lot of different defenses, so that'll be an interesting defense about. And Luella versus Spalding, a very good one, a very good one. Spalding, uh, a defensive-minded team. They've been handling their business. They don't have the high scores like Luella. Luella wants to put some points on the board. Kamaya Hollingshed. Uh, Keely Brown, I think, is over there. They got a lot, a lot of girls that can score the ball. Zaria Bankston, uh, if my memory is not mistaken me, they can score the ball. So Luella versus Spalding, if I had to pinpoint one game to really go check out, Luella Spalding, definitely my number one game in Class 4A. In 3A, as we're going down, and I think on the girls' side more so than the guys' side, less upsets, but nevertheless, your two games, Kyle. Hmm. <laughs> well... Nothing really pops out off the page at you here. Uh, I feel like a lot of the favorites here should should advance. Um, you know, Tattnall County versus Central Macon could be a good game. Again, one of those teams, Tattnall County. Where is Tattnall County? It's in Tattnall County, but where is Tattnall County on a map? It's <laughs> yeah, it's South Georgia. It's going towards Savannah in that area, I believe. So that you know that, that that's that's some travel for Central Macon. Uh, I think that's a game to keep an eye on. And Harrelson County versus Morgan County. Morgan County always schedules really tough during the regular season. Even last year, they did not have a great regular season record. But uh, Josh Reeves and crew, uh, they always seem to put it together and are a very tough out in the state tournament. So Morgan County versus Harrelson County, uh, another pretty interesting one to uh, keep tabs on. Kyle, I know you are a 2A man through and through. You love watching. You love talking about 2A. So I will give you two teams to recap and two games to preview here, Kyle. Oh, boy. Well, I was actually at Putnam County versus Model. It is Model, not Model. So it is Model. I want to say uh, I believe it was Nia Allen's uh, father, I think. Uh, Beautiful rendition of the national anthem. It it was outstanding. The best I've heard all year and the best I've heard in a a long time. He He was fantastic. Great, great voice. Um, but Model, they were beating the heck out of Putnam the entire game. They were up 15-plus, ended up winning 70-64. to 64. Putnam County fans got a little out of hand, threw some stuff on the court. People got ejected. It was pretty bad. Putnam County kept fighting, made it closer than the score really was. Rakia Penniman had about 27 points. I think she had 17 in the fourth quarter to draw them closer. Jashanti Simmons did not score in the first half. That really put Putnam County in a big hole. But, jeez, Victoria Saxon gone to South Carolina. Just no answer. 38 points, 15 rebounds, had about four or five blocks. I mean, she was just an absolute monster, a one-man crew. Libby Upton helped out some as well. Uh, so that was a game to, uh, you know, it was it was interesting and a very nice gym over there at Model. Uh, one more game to recap. You know, nothing nothing too crazy really Pokes out. Metter only beating Brooks County 63-61 in that first-round game is pretty scary, and they're not going to have much momentum going into Josie, who annihilated a, you know, a, a very competitive Bleckley County team, 63-31. to So Josie, they are as tough as it gets. They, they, you know, they're clicking on all cylinders. Uh, as far as games to uh, keep an eye out for, I like Swainsboro versus Laney. Can Swainsboro be the one that slays the dragon? They got the Region 2 Player of the Year, Denisha Brown. Uh, they got some more help in Charles C. Kelly and Chloe Moore. Laney, we know, has um, Daisha Benjamin going to Alabama, Jessica Williams and, and friends over there, and they're going to press all over the court. And then another game, one, my last one here, uh, Washington County versus Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald, they 
flew under the radar this year. Never had a great record win-loss-wise. But they still got Christian Cook, very good player, great guard. And I like Haley Ross. She blocks some shots. She rebounds pretty well for them. Kiara Boone, Trinity Jones. Uh, shout out to all those Hurricanes. And they're playing Washington County from Region 3, who only beat Butler by 15 points, which isn't isn't a dominating performance for them. But Washington County, Nigeria Jordan, Destiny Ellison, uh, they got a good matchup there. So that'll be a really fun game. Fitzgerald and Washington County, it might be a coin flip game, to be honest with you. Down to A public, same thing with the power rankings. Your supposedly one through eight teams have not – your best eight teams have not played yet, but what do you see in A public, Kyle? I see a, another rematch with uh, Wheeler County girls and the Woodville Tompkins girls. Uh, they're both coming from that region three, I think it is. They've seen each other a couple times throughout the year. Uh, Wheeler County won their first and only meeting 62-47. to 47 on January 20th, but these two teams are familiar with each other. Uh, that could be a good one. Woodville Tompkin has been a little up and down this year, but they've beaten some pretty good teams. GMC versus Bowden, uh, a fun one to keep an eye on. Riley Robinson is really good inside for a Class A public post. He's about six foot, finishes extremely well. Macy Holloway was actually the region player of the year over there. And uh, that, that, I mean, that's that's pretty much sums it up. I think Turner County's not going to have enough juice for Greenville. Uh, even though I think Turner County does have a, a really good uh, sophomore and I think maybe a junior or senior. I think I'm not sure what office is. I believe that's her name. Uh, I'll have to check on that. But my last one in that Class A public, uh, uh, Macon County versus Wilcox County, two teams that have spent a lot of time in the top ten. Uh, Macon County's going to have to slow down Wilcox County and the big girl inside. So those are the matchups I'm keeping an eye on for the most part in Class A public. And for Turner County, just to mention, Maya Bird was the sophomore guard I'm talking about, and Zakia Office is a senior. She is a big-time scorer. On to a private call. We know your feelings. Those four teams, or those three teams, I should say, that you talked about are there. They're going to play their first game. But other than that, what do you see? Yeah, you're right. We can pencil them in. But um, other than that, Let's see. You know, landmark for Stratford. Landmark beat them, what, like 59 to 56 the first time they played that number 13 seed. Uh, that's, I got them going to the final four. Stratford, they're going to have to go to Stratford. So it's going to be a little tough sledding there, but that's going to be a really good game to keep an eye on. I think Athens Academy versus Christian Heritage, another good game. Um, that should be very competitive. Our Lady of Mercy versus Paideia. You know, there's some really good matchups that just, it's a shame for the rest of the field that you do have the big three in there that are doing what they do over there, and they win, and they win, and they win, and they're always going to at least make the Final Four, even though one of those teams is a six seed. You know, There's no way that they were going to be stuck there with a one or a two seed. Uh, so three of the spots are filled up, but the rest of the field is just so even, and it's really fun to follow. But, yeah, those are the games. Keep an eye on Tattnall Square and Calvary Day as well. Uh, making going to Savannah game. So those are it for me, Ramin. Kyle, we have covered 16 classifications of Georgia basketball in under 45 minutes. We did as we promised. As always, check the website, check the Twitter. We're going to have reporters out at some of these games. You said where you're going to be, and we look forward to a fun Sweet 16. Of course, we expect some surprises, and maybe on the next podcast we will have an update on the bracket challenge on Sportal Space. We will definitely have not forgotten about that. We will get back to that. 
But until then, make sure you're following on Twitter for all the content. And uh, signing off on behalf of Kyle, this is me.